you so much. What truth to that song. Thank you for taking part in worship this morning. Thank our choir, thank our praise team, thank all of you for worshiping. And so we're happy that uh, we were able to come together and worship today. Pray the Lord was pleased in our time of worship. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to the book of Deuteronomy. We're going to look at three passages, really uh, three to begin with, uh, one later on. Just call your attention to Deuteronomy chapter uh, 10, and we want to look at verse 12. I'm going to share a sermon this morning entitled, Save to Serve. Saved to Serve. And we'll be looking at Deuteronomy chapter 10, and then Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. If you would, please stand, if you would, and follow along as I read from Deuteronomy chapter 10. We want to look at verse 12. And then we'll look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. If you don't have your Bible with you today, the words will be on the screen. So if you would, Deuteronomy 10, verse 12. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul. Then if you would, look to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Familiar passage. We want to look at verse 8 and following. Ephesians 2 verse 8. God's word says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Then if you would listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 1 says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. Drop down, if you would, to verse 12. For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Verse 14. For the body is not one member, but many. And Look at verse 27. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. May we pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to come into your presence to worship you and now to open the Holy Scriptures. I pray this morning, Lord, that you would be with me as I share your word. I pray for the, the, the spirits working in my life. I pray, Lord, that I, the words that I say would be your words. I pray, Lord, I might say them in the right spirit. Father, help me, I pray, as I share your words with your people today. And I make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you and be seated. Save to serve. Someone has said several years ago that serving God is not a frivolous decision, but it's a long-time commitment. It's not just something we do on the spur of a moment, but serving God is a long-time commitment. It's a lifetime commitment. Uh, serving God is just not a, a weekend thing. It's not a one-day-a-week thing, two-days-a-week thing. 
Serving God is not, I think I'll do it if it feels good. I, I think I'll continue to do it. If not, I, I'll just stop doing it. It's not a want to try that first before I do it. And if I don't like it, I won't have to do it anymore. That's not what serving God means. We need to remember that when God saved us, God saved us to serve. So when God saved you, He saved you to serve. Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12 said, What does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of those who belong uniquely to Him? What does He require of His people? He's speaking to Israel. What does the Lord God require of His people? Notice, He requires, first of all, to fear Him. The word fear means to reverence Him. We need to reverence God. He requires that of us. Then we need to walk in His ways. We need to obey His word. We need to obey His commandments, His statutes. Then we need to love Him. That's an agape love. That's that self-sacrificing love. God requires us, if need be, even to give our life for Him. So He requires us to fear Him, to walk in His ways, to obey Him, to love Him. And then He says to serve the Lord with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Serve the Lord God with all of your heart and with all of your soul. So first, God requires His people there in the Old Testament to serve Him. Drop down to the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. Verse 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Notice, salvation is the gift of God. Romans 3.23 says this, Romans 3.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So salvation is a gift of God. It's eternal life. And now he reiterates that gift thing in case we didn't quite understand it there in verse 9. He said that salvation is not of works where you can boast it's not of works, lest any man should boast. Then he follows up in verse 10, and he says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So after you and I are saved, we're recreated in Christ unto good works. Now I serve the Lord not to be saved, but I serve the Lord because I am saved. And so it's natural for a Christian when they're saved. And that person's saved. It's very natural. It's expected. It's common for the Christian to serve Christ, to serve God. It's uncommon for a person to say they're saved and not serve God. That's what's uncommon. We serve Him because we are saved. Now, the point is, as a believer, we're saved to serve. Secondly, we're not only saved to serve, but we're also equipped to serve. God's not going to ask us to serve Him unless He equips us to serve Him. And so if you've been saved at the very time of your conversion... I like, I like the word conversion. The, the time you were converted, the time God changed you, 
the time that you were born again, the time that you, you experienced regeneration in your life. At that very time, God saved you. God also equipped you by giving you at least one spiritual gift, perhaps many spiritual gifts, more than one. He gave you one spiritual gift, perhaps more than one. Now, spiritual gifts are different than talents or natural abilities. Natural abilities are given to us at our natural birth, our physical birth. You may, the Messers, I've used this illustration before, uh, the Messers, Frances and her dad, Frank and Sonia, and all the Messers kindly, they had this natural ability to play the piano. That, that was kind of innate. If you were a messer, look out, get you a piano, because it's coming. You know, they, that had, they had that natural ability. That was given to them at their physical birth. Now, you also, a lost person can learn a talent. But we're speaking of spiritual gifts altogether different. And so there are some things given to us at our physical birth, natural abilities, but then spiritual gifts are given to us at our spiritual birth. Now, God gives us spiritual abilities, spiritual gifts, we call them. He gives us these supernatural gifts that we're to use in the body of Christ. Now, why is that? The Bible says He gives us those gifts where we can edify and build up and strengthen the body of Christ, that local body of believers. He's speaking to the the church at Corinth. And he said, God has gifted you with these supernatural gifts for you to edify and build up and serve and minister to each other here at the church at Corinth. And so we're saved to serve, then we're equipped to serve in the ministries of the local body of believers. So once you were saved, God equipped you to serve in ministry here at Mountain View Baptist Church. And so we use our spiritual gifts to build up, strengthen, edify our faith family here at Mountain View Baptist Church. First Peter kindly says it this way. First Peter, jot this verse down. First Peter 4, verse 10 simply says this, As every man hath received the gift, spiritual gift, even so minister the same one to another. Did you know you were a minister? We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. God not only gifted you, but you, you think of yourself as serving, but He calls you a minister. And so the Christian is a minister. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And so at Mountain View Baptist Church, we believe as believers, a believer is saved to serve, equipped to serve. And we want to take that just kindly to a, to a, to a higher level and say that, that God has called believers to be ministers. 1 Peter 4. He's called us to be ministers. Now, when you say we're called to be ministers, that kind of raises the accountability of whether we're serving or not. He calls us to be ministers. Now, He calls us to be ministers. Now, uh, uh, some are called vocationally. I was called some time back to be a vocational minister. It's my vocation. 
But let me say this, I was called to be a servant of the Lord Jesus 15 years before I accepted the call to be a vocational minister. See, I was, I was called to be a servant, a minister, not a vocational minister in the 15 years later, but God called me. So every believer is called to minister. Every believer is called to serve. That's the point. So listen how that changes the expectation. That means that, that where you serve, that area you serve is where you were called to serve. Uh, if you serve in the nursery, then you were called to serve in the nursery. If you serve in preschool or children or youth or, or, or adults or audiovisual or music or being a greeter or being a, a, a whatever, you were called to that ministry. That's where you feel like God wants you to serve. That's where He called you. And when you understand that you're called to serve where you're serving, then it's left up to you to make to fulfill your commitment. It's not left up to the preacher, the deacons, or leadership of the church. It's left up to you to fulfill the ministry in which you feel like you were called to serve. It's your ministry. So the point is, everybody's called to ministry. You say, Brother Sammy, what, what if you're serving in a different area? Or what, what if you're serving in different areas? Well, take the predominant one that you're serving in, and that's the ministry you're called to serve. Can that ministry change from time to time? Sure it can. I thought of being Christy years ago. They worked with their youth. They came to me and said, we feel like God is calling us to, to work with adults. So what's their ministry? It's adult ministry. They're called there. They, call, they were called to work in youth ministry. They're called to work in adult ministry. And so from time to time, your predominant ministry changes but don't forget, it's a call. God calls you to that ministry. Now, I have an illustration on the stage. I have this rope behind me. And I want to ask for some volunteers. Uh, I'll ask, um, let me ask Jason Hester to volunteer. Come on down, Jason Hester. Now, what I want these volunteers to do, and after Jason, you're going to have Chris Roberts. Chris Roberts, she's still in here. She's volunteering. And then Kim Whitten is Kim Whitten volunteering. She's volunteering. Mike Norton. Mike, if you would follow Jason. Jason, come up here just a moment, buddy. Now, what they're going to do is, y'all come up. They're going to tell you where they're serving. First, they're going to tell you who they are. I just introduced them. They're going to tell you who they are, where they're serving, why they're serving, and what a blessing it'd be if you could serve. So who's going to go first? Jason, you go first. I'm Jason Hester. I am the uh, assistant Sunday school teacher for younger adults. I'm also a coordinator for Hunt Outdoor Ministry. First uh, Corinthians 12, 12 tells us to be a functional part of the body of Christ, and I serve here to be a part of that body. I encourage any of you here that are not plugged in to do your part, get plugged in, and find you somewhere to serve. Amen. Jason, if you would, stand at that end down there. Mike? I'm Mike Norton. Um, I serve as a Bible teacher. I uh, teach Sunday school and uh, also teach discipleship training. I um, think teaching the Bible is very important because it, it teaches us where to serve. It teaches us how to serve. It teaches us 
when to serve. So uh, that's very important to me, and I think it's very important to our church. Get that in there, Matt. Chris. Hi, my name is Chris Roberts, and yes, we all volunteered for this today. <laughs> One of the committees that I serve on is the fellowship committee. And we have such a wonderful group of people on this committee, and we are a working committee. Right, Carolyn? But there are so many areas in this church, not only fellowship, but there's just so many different areas that we can serve, not only on the fellowship committee. Like we do in Bible study, we have a fellowship group in there, then I'm over that. So there's just so many areas there that we could serve on our fellowship. But there are so many areas, not only on this committee, but there are so many in this church. But Brother Sammy really hit the nail on the head a while ago and he said it's about commitment. When you sign up for a committee, like a lot of us have in here, then we do work on that committee. You just gotta get plugged in and you need to, to know that there are so many times where yes, there's so many different areas that we can all serve. Thank you. All right. I told Kim one minute, I told them all one minute Tell me one minute. <laughs> Why does he say to me? Um, my name is Kim Whitten, and I serve uh, at the Children's Welcome Center. And you know, I, I serve at school for the children too. And I and I tried to get away from it one day, and the Lord said, "No, that's where you're supposed to be." And I know Brother Sammy prayed about that and uh, came to me and said, "I want you to head up the Children's Welcome Center, get all the papers ready and everything." And and you know, just working with the children, God helped me do that. And and I just uh, pray that you'll just think about. Uh, helping somewhere in the children you know that's where our future is and so we need to make sure that our children are safe even in the children's welcome center in the nursery or wherever that you feel like you're gifted at amen <laughs> see got room for one more sharon i didn't see your hand i'm sorry come on up here and share if you would <laughs> i didn't see your hand over there <laughs> just uh where you serve why you serve and uh, encourage some others to serve. Wow, I didn't realize I was such a volunteer. <laughs> I'm excited about this. But I serve teaching children. I work with uh, Miss Judy, teaching on Wednesday nights and teen kids, and then I teach the first and second grade on Sunday morning. And like Mike said, teaching is truly a blessing. I can honestly say that I have never taught a lesson that I did not learn more than I probably taught the children. And it is such a blessing, like Kim said, to be able to work with the children. I just, I love it. If you are not working somewhere in our church, I beg you please to get, get involved. We've got so many committees. That, uh, we do the Thanksgiving benevolent meal for the community. You could, anybody can help with that. We need help with that. Please come sign up with that. Um, just get plugged in, be a part, reach out to others and show them God's love. Let's see, Sharon, if you would stand up, stand up there by that great night. Okay, so there's just some people who felt as though they were called to certain parts of service or certain areas of service, you should say, here at the church. And so uh, we're going to demonstrate just by this rope about ministry. So what I want you to do... I want you to just reach down and pick up the rope in front of you and lift it up. It should have, Brother Mike, if you would get the very end of that rope. Okay. 
and can't support it on nothing, you know. It's, you can move out if you would. There you go. And then, uh, all right, so this, this rope is kind of the ministry stream of our church. And you see it sagging in some places, you know. And it needs somebody to come along, lift up some areas. But let's just say, for instance, you know, everything's going real good and we're trying to keep things up and going. And all of a sudden, Kim just... She just thinks that, well, you know, I've got other things to do. I've got some things better to do today than go to church. And so, Kim, just let your rope down. Don't let it touch the ground. Hold up our Jason, if you can. Kim, you can just go, go be seated there with others that have other things to do on church today. And so, you know, you've got to keep that rope up. You've got to keep that ministry going. And so all of a sudden, uh, I guess, Sharon, she's, you know, Sharon thinks, well... You know, I just, uh, I want to, there's other things I'd rather do today than go to church, and so I'll just sleep in today, and so she just takes a day off to slip in, and so can you get under that? Let me get you under that. All right, let's see. Now, Mike, take up the slide. Can't move from your area. You sitting at, <laughs> you getting kind of, you see what's happening. See, you're, you're missed. All right, you can let it down for Chris, for we don't want no shoulder problem or back problem. Y'all can be said, give them a round of applause there. The whole point is, ministry, ministry is when the rope's in the air. Um, what happens when people let go of their part of ministry? Well, then the, the whole ministry line suffers in some way uh, because people, when, when you're called to ministry, you don't drop the rope. You don't drop the rope. When you're called to ministry, you just simply do what you're supposed to do. You do what God's called you to do and you're committed to do. Now, the, what would this church do if, if I just decided not to show up one Sunday? Let's say, for instance, if, I just don't, if I'm not here, some of you think, well, maybe he's in revival or he's not going, he's sick, but he's not here. But nobody's here to fill in for me. I didn't call anyone. And you came, and Brother Terry may have led, led some songs, and, and they may have some testimonies, or you may just say, Brother Sam is not here, we're going home. And you go home. And the next day, people call and say, well, we missed you at church. Is everything all right? And I said, you know, I just decided to sleep in. It was such a pretty day, and I had some other things I need to do, and I decided not to go to church today. Can you imagine... What would happen if the pastor did that? Well, you don't have any idea what it's like in leadership as a pastor, Sunday school director, discipleship training director, some key leaders, when all of a sudden you decide you're not going to come to church and you're holding areas of ministry. And all of a sudden we got people trying to find out who's going to usher, who's going to be a greeter, Who's going to take the place at the Welcome Center, the Children's Welcome Center? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Because someone dropped the rope, and they didn't let anybody know they weren't going to be here. Now, folks, listen. Uh, ministry is about commitment. Ministry is about serving. Ministry is doing what we feel like God's called us to do. So if you're going to serve in ministry, be committed. You need to be here. And if you can't be here then it's your responsibility to contact someone to take your place, to fill your place of responsibility, not just not show up. When you don't show up, 
Just remember, you're dropping the end of your rope. You're, you're dropping the end of the rope. You know, I want to end with this. It's about a guy by the name of William Carey. And just a minute, Joel, before we show that slide, let me share with you who William Carey, uh, who he was. William Carey, uh, he had a friend by the name of Andrew Fuller. They lived about 300 years ago. And William Carey became, he was, he was a cobbler by trade, but he, came, he became known as the father of modern, the modern mission movement. And most missionaries during Carey's time, they were just short-term missionaries. In other words, they'd go out and they'd work, they'd raise money and they'd go on a mission trip and they'd try to serve until they ran out of money and then they'd come back and they'd work with the church, live in the church until they could acquire some more money. Then they'd go out again. And Carey had this ideal that if a church, if churches would just come together and instead of trying to fund several missionaries, if they would just fund one missionary full-time, that soon they would be able to, to come together, uh, put their money together, and they could afford several full-time missionaries. So he carried, contacted his friend, Andrew Fuller, and he shared his ideal with Andrew Fuller, and he said, next time the churches in England meet, there were 17 churches, next time they have their convention, I want you to share my ideal with them and see if they'll support me to go to China. He, he wanted to give his life to the people in Asia. And so the, the 17 churches came together. And the first day of the meeting there, uh, Fuller got up and he made a plea for them to support Kerry and, and as full-time missionary, and, and no action was taken. The second day, he, 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 he shared that they needed to support Kerry and full-time missions, and no action was taken. No action was taken that year. The following year, the churches came back together, and Fuller asked Carey if he would come and make his own plea. And he came, and, and he, he pled with those 17 churches that if they would support him full-time, soon they'd be able, coming together, pulling their funds together, they'd be able to support several missionaries by cooperating with each other. And so uh, day one passed, and nothing was done at the convention. Day two Day two, about mid midday, nothing had happened. And so Kerry just stood up in the meeting. And this was a remark he, he made, if you look at the screen just for a moment. He said, is there nothing again going to be done, sir? Is there nothing again going to be done, sir? In other words, I, I've asked you and you haven't responded. When Kerry said those words, those words touched the heart of his friend, uh, Andrew, uh, Andrew Fuller. And Fuller, he walked over and he picked up the end of a rope. And he said, Kerry, I'm going to hold this end of the rope and we're going to tie the other end to you. And it changed the way that mission work and involvement was done in 1792. And as we kind of wrap up and close this morning, I want to ask you that same question used in his quote. Is there nothing again going to be done, sir? Now, when you walked in this morning, you were given just a little ministry form, a little green form. And uh, we've used that form several times. Many of you filled it out, and some of you haven't filled it out. 
But you have a, a ministry form there. And also in the back of your chair, you have a friend day card. Do we have those forms up, Joel? On the left of the screen, you have the form. It's a little green form you were given when you came in. On the right, you have a friend day card. Now, we have friend day coming up the last Sunday in September. We need people to serve on friend day. Prayer team, fellowship, guest packets, registration, the greeters, the parking, the counselors, the nursery, the choir, and the security. Over on the green form, if you'll notice, there's several different ministries there. And, and also, we need to add an international uh, mission ministry team. And we need to, we'll be adding, uh, hopefully, a new ministry this Wednesday night as we uh, uh, approve our officers and teachers and committees and ministries. But what I want to do, I want to ask you that question. Is there nothing again that you're going, it's going to be done, sir? Is there nothing again going to be done, sir? Is there nothing again going to be done, ma'am? Are you just going to continue to give this kind of a half-hearted approach to the work of the kingdom? Are you going to just devote yourself to mediocrity and come when you want to come or do what you want to do when you want to do it? Are you going to give us wholeheartedly devotion to the Lord and to the work of the kingdom? Is there nothing again going to be done, sir? Where are you serving? You heard some testimonies just a few minutes ago where people are serving. If you called on you to, to give a testimony, could you give a testimony where you're serving in God's kingdom? Remember, you're saved to serve. And it's not uncommon for a person saved to serve. What's uncommon for a person to say they're saved and not served? Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning. I thank you for an opportunity we have to come into this place and focus on serving. We're saved to serve. And Lord, I want you to forgive me. I want you to forgive me for perhaps a half-heartedness effort that I put forth at different times serving you. I want you to forgive me, Father, for not doing the best that I can do at times in serving you. I want you to forgive me, Father, when, when, or we as a church, when we feel like somebody else can do it and we don't have to do it. Forgive us as a church, Father, I pray, when we think it's, it's not our job to do it. Forgive us as individuals, Father, when we think about children that were talked about, spoken of today in People sharing about ministry. When I've, when I've heard people say, well, I've raised my own kids. Let somebody else raise somebody else's kids. Father, speak to our hearts. Change our heart. Change our mind. Call us to those ministry areas that you need someone to serve. And as you choose us to fill those places, Father, I pray that we'll be responsive to your call upon our life. God, I'd rather be sold out to you and half-hearted to everything else in this world than to be half-hearted, sold out to you and committed to everything else in this world. Help us, we pray, to have that desire today to be sold out to you as your people and not to this world. Thank you for what you're going to do as your spirit works in your people. 
And I make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.